Figure facts for life. We just want you to be healthy. Health and happiness. If you pay attention to what goes in your body, you'll be amazed at the results. Fuel, nourish, and heal your body. Eating healthy. Well, well that's everything. Put the right fuel in. Take care of your engine. Here's Roberta Janeiro. Here's Roberta Janeiro. Roberta Janeiro. Welcome to Figure Facts for Life podcast. I'm your host, Roberta Gennaro. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist with over 30 years clinical nutrition experience. I am committed to share my expertise and the expertise of other health professionals to make sure that you understand how to better fuel, nourish, and heal your body through the foods you choose. Well, spring is in the air, guys. And finally, can I get an amen? (laughs) With the weather warming up, there will be more barbecues, parties, and social gatherings. In April, Alcohol Awareness Month is kicking off, (laughs) and we will hopefully set up to get you on the right trajectory to have fun and enjoy the warm weather while doing so responsibly and without jeopardizing your health. Our guest today is Tara Fazzino, an assistant professor in psychology and associate director of the Coffrin Logan Center for Addiction Research and Treatment at the University of Kansas. Wow, that's a mouthful. <laughs> but she studies the effects of alcohol on eating behaviors, how it affects weight gain and obesity. And the goal of her research is to identify factors contributing to risky alcohol use and approaches to prevent risky drinking, and the associated health problems. So with that, I want to welcome Dr. Tara Fazzino. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. (laughs) So listen, Tara, when we were talking the other day, uh, just talking about the podcast and what messages we really wanted to get across, you know, I mentioned that, you know, there's guidelines out there for alcohol consumption, that moderate drinking level. The guidelines that I'm aware of for women is saying, you know, one drink a day, um, and then for For men, two drinks is considered moderate intake. But for those that are not drinking, we're not recommending that they start drinking. I just kind of wanted to get your take on those recommendations and and your thoughts about the actual benefits of alcohol. Sure. Um, So the the current recommendations uh, for low-risk drinking are uh, put forth by the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism. Okay. Uh, that's a mouthful, so we typically refer to the institute at, as NIAAA. Okay. Um, and this is the institute at the National Inst- Institutes of Health um, that is focused on alcohol use research and treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, so NIAAA defines one standard drink as approximately 12 ounces of beer, Uh, about five ounces of wine um, and about one and a half ounces of liquor. Um, And so that's typically a little bit lower than I think people realize (laughs) sometimes. Um, So using these, uh, you know, this standard drink um, estimate, um, NIAAA provides low-risk drinking guidelines um, that are for two time frames. One is for a week. And the other is within a single drinking occasion. Okay. Um, and so the low risk guidelines um, are also different for males and females uh, due to physiological differences in alcohol metabolism. Right. Um, and so, as you mentioned, um, for the week time frame, NIAAA recommends no more than seven drinks per week for females, or that's equivalent to about one drink a day. Okay. Um, and no more than 14 drinks uh, per week for males, um, or about two drinks per day. Um, And in addition, NIAAA recommends that females consume no more than three drinks um, during one single drinking occasion. 
um, and that males consume no more than four drinks um, in a single occasion. Now, let me just give you an example, Tara, because I was out for dinner Mm -hmm. last night with my husband and I Mm -hmm. and he decided he was going to order a martini and Mm -hmm. she poured a pretty hefty glass. And I asked the bartender, I said, how many ounces of of alcohol are in that glass? She said eight. Okay, Mm -hmm. so now we know I know as a dietitian and I'm sure you know as well how many calories are in Mm -hmm. an ounce of of uh, a whiskey, you know, or um, Mm -hmm. that hard liquor. And and so I said, wow, I told my husband, I said, that's crazy. I mean, that's so so just because it's in one cup doesn't mean that that's the serving. That's my one drink or my so so if you had four drinks at that restaurant, with eight ounces mm-hmm. of alcohol, I mean, can you even imagine? You would be yeah, but- <laughs> bordering on alcohol toxicity, okay? So um, mm-hmm. with almost a liter of, of alcohol going in. So I think it, it, mm-hmm. it behooves us to say when you have a, a cocktail at a restaurant or whatever, make sure that you're just asking for a jigger and, you know, the, the mixed drinks mm-hmm. are a little bit better because they can use less alcohol, but that you're, you're not having any more of that than that one and a half ounce, which is a certain serving in, you know, mm-hmm. your drinks. That way you're not getting all those excess calories that are going to put weight on you. And, you know, you're getting that little bit of cardioprotective effect that alcohol's been, you know, given kudos for, I guess you would say. But mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about that. Okay, so so alcohol has this cardioprotective effect, so to speak. But if somebody is drinking, starts drinking in their teen years and maintains that level of drinking, like episodic, you know, heavy drinking on the weekends, four, five, six drinks or more, because I've heard some crazy mm-hmm. stories from uh, mm-hmm. my nephews and some other people. Anyway, what is the impact? You're re- you've been doing some research research on the impact that alcohol has on body weight. Mm-hmm. So can you speak to that, the research that you've done and, and kind of the results? Yeah, definitely. Um, so um, so I've conducted research measuring um, some of the longer term effects um, of heavy, um, of you know, sort of heavy episodic drinking, um, particularly in young adulthood, as you mentioned, on obesity-related outcomes. So, for example, in one study, I used the national data set that was representative of the U.S. young adult population, and we okay. found that um, young adults who were aged 18 to 25 18 to 25, um, and who were engaging in a pattern of sort of regular um, heavy episodic drinking, which would be, you know, four or more drinks um, in one occasion for females or five or more for males, which is in excess of those low-risk drinking guidelines per occasion. Okay. Um, so for individuals who were engaging in a regular pattern of that um, at 18 to 25, we're at a higher risk for um, excess weight gain, five to six years later. Wow. I just wanted to bring up the point that the study that you did had mm-hmm. a significant number of participants. Can you speak to that? Oh, definitely. Yeah, there were over um, 8,000 um, participants. And um, as I mentioned, this was a nationally representative sample. So the results um, can sort of be assumed that they, you know, can generalize or, or apply broadly to sort of, you know, 
U.S. Right. young adults. Because I think it's important for our listeners to know that when a study is done, you know, if it has five to 10 people in it, maybe the results are not as significant as they are yeah. when <laughs> when they have 8,000 <laughs> participants. So, yeah, I wanted to give mm-hmm. you, you know, uh, a shout out for that because I think it really mm-hmm. lends credibility to the study itself. So share a little bit about the eating behaviors that uh, you you started looking at alcohol consumption and how it impacts eating behaviors. Is that a current study you're working on? Um, yeah, so there's, um, I have some research that I'm launching in this area. And then um, broadly, there's been um, not a ton, but more interest recently sort of on the topic of uh, the effects of alcohol use on eating behaviors. Okay. Um, and so I think it's it's definitely something that's worth investigating. Um, so we know that um, drinking alcohol can sort of temporarily increase the level of um, reward that we experience from consuming palatable food. Right. Um, so essentially, alcohol use can sort of facilitate eating more, you know, if we're drinking than um, if we weren't. For example, there's a one study that asked um, college students about their eating habits during and immediately following drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and over 80% reported that they usually eat during um, or immediately after um, you know, a drinking occasion. Right. Yeah. And and it kind of lowers your inhibitions to control your eating, I think, right? Mm-hmm. So you yeah. kind of, you know, you're, you get intoxicated, and then you're, you're not thinking as clearly or as straight as you would if you were not intoxicated, right? So foods that maybe you would, mm-hmm. you, you would, uh, you know, watch your intake of all of a sudden become fair game, right? <laughs> Like a lot of the fast foods and that kind of thing. I know my sister, Mm -hmm. you know, she used to say her hangover prevention was two cheeseburgers and and an orange soda. And that would help her Mm -hmm. not to have a hangover the next day. And I'm thinking, you know what, maybe it would just be better to just cut back on the drinking. And that way you don't have to, because you just consumed a ton of calories in those those Mm -hmm. foods. And yeah, and then, you know, you got to wonder, well, gosh, why are my pants tight? And I'm I'm gaining a bunch Mm -hmm. of weight. So... Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to understand. And I think a lot of people know this, but they don't know how many calories they may know how many calories are in the piece of bread they eat or uh, in their yogurt and that kind of thing or in their um, sports bar. But they don't tend to think about the calories that are in alcoholic beverages. And maybe we could speak mm-hmm. a little bit to that. Uh, you know, a 12 ounce beer, for example, mm-hmm. you know, if it's if it's a regular beer, you're looking at at least 150 calories. But some of these, you know, dark ales and stuff could be higher. Correct? They are higher. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. And then you know, depending upon the proof of the alcohol, like in, in a in a vodka or something like that, um, any of your hard liquors is anywhere from if it's 70 proof to say 100 proof or whatever. It's going to be 70 to 100 calories per per ounce. So it's mm-hmm. right. And then your glass of wine is around that 70 to 90, somewhere in there. So you, yep. you think about that. People think about calories they're putting in through foods. But again, once you after that two or three drinks, you're losing your ability to really filter, you know, just what you're putting in your system, be it the extra calories from additional alcoholic beverages, or the foods you're choosing, like the fast foods and that kind of thing. So yes, definitely got to think about it, guys. I want you to speak briefly about the research. It's it's an app, 
that you were looking at that helps? Oh, yes. Yeah, that helps the participant to understand how many calories they're taking in from their alcoholic beverages. Can you speak to that? Sure. So um, we've done some, I've done some pilot work um, in collaboration um, with um, uh, Dr. Corby Martin at uh, Pennington Biomedical Research Center. Um, and um, we've, we've done some work to um, apply um, a mobile um, phone app that allows participants to take um, photographs of their um, alcohol, uh, alcoholic beverage intake before and after they essentially finish each drink. Okay. Um, and um, what we're able to do with that information is actually quantify, um, you know, on a really sort of fine-grained level, um, how many calories uh, they consumed, um, you know, what is sort of the, the uh, you know, the ingredients um, that are included in each drink. Um, and so right now we're sort of testing that out um, for research purposes. Um, but, you know, hopefully in the future, if, if um, you know, that, it, it, you know, if we're able to continue on this trajectory, um, it might be some, it would be something that we would like to have available to folks so they can, um, you know, be aware of, of, you know, exactly that sort of, you know, what they're taking in, um, you know, when, when they're drinking alcoholic beverages. Right. Because I'll tell you, it was kind of funny. When I said to my husband, do you realize there's probably like 700 to 800 calories in that drink that you're ready to down like it's nothing? He actually, mm-hmm. do you know that he turned it back to the bartender? He took a couple sips and he said, you know what? Uh, yeah, I'm done. And I thought, wow. So that was very powerful. And I think it would be powerful. And I, I think that the labeling they've started putting, obviously on beer, they have it. But um, even on the mm-hmm. hard liquors, they have uh, calorie information um, being put on there because people just really need to know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. so, yeah. you know, because we know... Why is there Alcohol Awareness Month? I mean, I, I've had family members, people, friends that have lost their lives to abusing alcohol because it is not something, it's not a nutrient our body needs. So for those of you mm-hmm. that are drinking because you think you're, you, your body needs it, really, it does not. You never have to have alcohol. And there are foods, um, the fi- uh, polyphenols that are in wine that people drink wine for, you know, you can get those through. Fruits that are, you know, dark purple in color, grapes and raisins, and, you know, all those types of, you can research that online, but there are foods that will give you those compounds that you do not have to drink in order to get them. But let's just talk a little bit about those people that take alcohol from kind of a celebratory beverage to abuse and what havoc that wreaks on the body. Um, yeah, definitely. So um, there are, you know, a number of effects that um, can occur um, from, you know, consuming alcohol over a long period of time. Um, uh, for example, um, we we know that um, alcohol use, even at moderate levels, but, you know, greater at, at higher levels, has been found to increase the risk for multiple types of cancer, um, including cancer of the larynx, esophagus, um, and breast cancer. Yes. Um, so, and this is in a dose response form, as I mentioned, so which means that, you know, greater consumption is associated with greater risk of developing one of those uh, cancers. Right. And, you know, and uh, heavy episodic drinking can also inc- increase um, insulin resistance, uh, which can also facilitate the development of of um, things like diabetes. Right. And and even 
you know, looking at how it impacts the liver. You know, your liver filters everything. And mm-hmm. this particular friend of ours that we lost uh, was due to, you know, liver failure over time, cirrhotic liver and just mm-hmm. disease yeah, disease of the liver because of the um, amount and uh, duration of that excessive amount of alcohol over time just really destroyed his liver. So, yeah. So I think for, you know, those of us out there, we're we're all trying to manage our weight. We're trying to manage our health. And there are guidelines for, you know, yes, they have a glass of wine with dinner if you'd like, you know, but it's not necessary. And and just be responsible with your drinking because your health, your family, you being there for your family really depends on it. And I think, uh, you know, if you have anything else you want to add to that, but I just think that's a key message to people is think about what you're putting in your mouth because what you eat and drink does impact your health in a major way. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I I, I think that the effects of alcohol on your health um, can kind of sneak up on you, um, both, you know, by increasing caloric intake and also by increasing the risk for chronic health conditions um, and, you know, potentially developing an alcohol use disorder. Right. Um, And so in in that regard, um, if folks listening would like to receive information about um, their personal drinking habits, um, they can take a brief online assessment at www.rethinkingdrinking.niaa.nih.gov. Okay. Um, We'll make sure we put that maybe in the in the little uh, descriptor on the podcast too, so so people can reach out. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's a long link. I know. And anything else you want to share before we wrap for today? Um, Well, I also mentioned I also mentioned that this resource also um, provides information for those who are looking to change their drinking habits. So if you you know would like to get more information, but you're not quite sure where to start, this is a great a great a great resource. Okay. Well, thank you, Tara, uh, for joining me today. And I just want to thank everybody tuning in to Figure Facts for Life podcast. Be sure to subscribe to stay in the know on cutting edge dietetic nutrition information and hop on over to Facebook and Instagram and like us at Figure Facts LLC, all one word. And also let us know if you have any comments or questions that you would like us, uh, topics you would like us to cover on the podcast. We would greatly appreciate that. And we look forward to sending more information your way. Thanks again. I'm Roberta Gennaro and ciao, ciao for now.